Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. Mine is horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. Actionometric. We take turns selecting from a movie genre, movies that in our opinions have not received the respect they deserve. You won't find any of these films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give them a second chance. Today's pick. On the podcast. It's Carly's pick. Steel Magnolias. Can, you? I, can I point something out before you start? Sure. This is the first time ever, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Tony did his whole note, but he didn't actually look at a note. He did it from memory. And I, I, was, find it. I just want to like... I couldn't this, find it. This opener seemed like... Very smooth. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? It's only 100 and, what we, 180 episodes in. I got, is, I got my three senses right. 180. Yeah. And way to take a 180 degree turn on mm. doing your note. So that was funny. Okay. All Still right. Magnolias. 1989. Written by Robert Harling. What else did he write? Um, he also wrote the screenplay for First Wives Club. Oh, I love that movie. That movie's not good. <laughs> I, don't think I've seen I will never pick it on the podcast because I'm, I'm I, there's a lot of stuff that, that could be said about that movie that would that mar it. Look, you know, <laughs> I'll sum that movie up in one sentence. There's a line in the movie that says, "It's Ivana Trump is doing or Ivan, Ivanka, sorry, his wife. Ivanka is his daughter." Or Ivana? No, I thought Ivana was... No. Whatever. His wife. Trump's first wife. At the time. She does a cameo in this movie, and she says, I always say, don't get mad, get everything. Oh, wow. And that pretty much... It's a movie about divorces. Oh, okay. So that pretty much sums that whole movie up. My favorite part of the movie? It's real good, but it's only real good if you're into vindictive divorces. No, you know what my favorite part of that movie is? Uh Uh-huh. The end. (laughs) No, don't get me me wrong. When they sing? Because I love that part. when When they sing, yeah. They're saying you don't own me, but um, and they have like Diane Keaton's in it. But the problem is she's singing next to Bette Midler, oh, who's wow. a really good singer, yeah. who yeah. sings right before Classically her. And it's like, ugh. You can tell there's a it is Bette Midler. There it's is a, a clear difference. I've seen that movie in a long time. Level. Yeah, but it's one of those like I sold all of his expensive shit for fifty cents or whatever. Yeah. You know, like by the way, those. don't do that because <laughs> you're on the hook for that money then. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, anyway. I would want to do War of the Roses if I was going to do one of those movies. I like Ooh, that. go on. Or Death Becomes Her. We yeah. did that one. It's great. Yeah, go we listen were, to our episode about Death Becomes Her. We're directed by Herbert Ross, who also directed Footloose and Who's on the Side. Great movie. <laughs> and no. I, no. I just remember that movie being a big deal when it came out. No, Boys on the Side. No. I mean, it wasn't good. I didn't like it. It was one of those art movies that you're supposed to like. Yeah. No, this guy did... All kinds of great stuff. Oh, you didn't My get Blue Heaven, that The was Secret of My I've Success. Never seen it. Oh, great. Never seen it. <laughs> I know you haven't seen that. Both better movies than that. He did how The Goodbye so, Girl. How am I supposed to he did get funny lady. movies I've never heard of? <laughs> the Owl and the Pussycat. Like, he did some really good stuff. And she talks about boys on the side. That movie was a I, just, I remember that movie being a big deal when it came out. And everybody started to foot loose. Everybody yeah. needs to go watch My Blue Heaven. That movie this is movie fantastic. You know what? Maybe. Is that an action adventure movie? My Blue Heaven? Yeah. I. It's they, a comedy. They go on an adventure. It's a crime comedy? It's an adventure comedy. You should do it. Put it on the, I'll put it on the list. I don't I know if you can comedies. do it. Anybody can do comedy. I have a list. And I don't know. It was Steve Martin, Peak Martin. It might be not be able to. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Money-wise, I don't know. So this movie stars um, a few welcome back to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Dolly Parton from mm-hmm. 9 to 5. And I was so sad she didn't sing in this, like, at all. Yeah. No. What the fuck? She sang... This, no, she didn't. <laughs> this movie is maybe one of the only movies that she's in where she doesn't. Well, let me explain something to you, okay? If I'm making a movie and I have Dolly Parton in it, <laughs> yeah. she's going to hum a few bars for us. Yeah. The trivia on this movie is pretty long, too. I didn't read it. I didn't I have did. time. So <laughs> she might even rope a cattle. We have yeah. since we got Julia it. Roberts from Notting Hill, Stepmom, Ocean's Eleven, and The Mexican. This is her fifth appearance Wow, on the the, Tony, where did you put her on the list? Oh, shit. She's, she's in the five-timer club. There's, not a, there's only not a few, a five. <laughs> I think she's past the poops. We have oh, yeah, Shirley MacLaine, who sure. was in Cannonball Run 2. Oh, wow. Yes, she was. <laughs> yes, she was. I was like, really? one of the nuns. <laughs> Which is funny because in this movie she says her and her girlfriends used to dress up as nuns and go get drunk in bars. And in Cannonball Run 2, she was dressed up as a nun. And they mentioned that in the trivia. Fucking funny. I didn't read that far. I gave up. (laughs) I read about 20 minutes of trivia and I said, I just don't care anymore. Like Cobra? Yeah, sometimes (laughs) in trivia you're like, this is longer than the movie. Look, if you make it through the Cobra trivia and you still want more to read, steal Magnolia's trivia. It's interesting. All right, we have Sam Shepard was in Swordfish, and B.B. Besh was in Tremors. Mm -hmm. Which one? Who's B.B. Besh? She was like the doctor's wife in Tremors. I think she was just a background character in this. I think she was just a background, like the chick who was Miss Christmas, her mom or something. You know, like one of Clarice's relatives, but not anybody. But not the one who made the armadillo cake. No, No, that's Aunt Fern. (laughs) Don't you know Um, about Aunt Fern? Part of the cream cheese family. And then, not returning to the podcast, Sally Field. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? I guess not. Oh, Daryl yeah. Hannah. That's because, um, well, Sally Field does a lot of really big movies. You did Stepmom. Uh-huh. Oh, no, that's Susan Sarandon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was she in that? She Susan was in Mrs. Doubtfire. No, she was <laughs> That's your go-to Sally Field movies? No, I'm just saying she was a mom in that. She was also a mom in Forrest Gump. Yeah. Which was weird because she played the love interest of uh, Tom Hanks. And I was thinking the movie. Thank you. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Um, uh, Olivia <laughs> Dukakis is in here. We have Tom Skerritt. I can't even remember who he was. I didn't write down movies they had done. Tom Skerritt? Is he Spud? Cheers. Yeah. Okay. And Dylan McDermott. No, he's not Spud. He's Drum. Oh, he's Drum. Yeah. Okay. And we have a 68% on drum Rotten an Tomatoes. Alien. And, and Top Gun. He's yeah. a Viper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and dude... Tom Skerritt is famous. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why he's I didn't... fucking MASH, man. He's famous. <laughs> that's why I didn't write down what they had been in. They're all famous. <laughs> just yeah, by the ensemble cast. Look, but you do have to say who... You do kind of have to say who they're playing in this movie. You're just saying names, and then it's like, well, I don't know who Tom Skerritt is, but you say, oh, he played drama. I'll be like, oh, my God, that dude is Viper. Right. Well, sorry, guys. My notes suck this week. I am exhausted. <laughs> Top Gun. Trying to learn how to virtually teach test. starting yeah, in two Top Gun or Alien. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> With an 89% audience score and a 69% tomato meter, a 7.3 on IMDb, and a 56% Metacritic score. Metacritic, man. <laughs> Can't please them. I was looking at a movie today. It was 68% on Metacritic. I was like, well, shit. What was it? Uh, uh, seven Commandments? Psychopaths. No, Seven Psychopaths. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I was like, that. oh, I want to do this. 
Okay, so it's not you that keeps recommending Seven Psychopaths. Somebody <laughs> re- he was watching I that today. I see it, but I haven't. And I said, oh, somebody keeps recommending that. I said, maybe it's Tony. Because somebody keeps saying we should watch that, and it's I don't know who Walken it is. Christopher Walken and um, uh, the coach or whatever. What's his name? Uh, coach. Damn oh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Farrell. And yeah, it's also about the great Sam Rockwell. Oh, like, yeah? He's, he's one of the psychopaths. Shit, that's an all-star welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's three, and Woody Harrelson. Well, that might Damn. be what Tony <laughs> There's a lot of psychopaths. Yeah. Watch that movie. I mean, it's not a great movie but it's a fun movie mm-hmm. but it made it's money back and then a little bit more and like everybody loved it I'm like fuck I'm not going to get this in mm-hmm. I gotta find the break even point yeah see what that is and we'll go with that well talk about making it's money back this movie was budgeted at 15 million and it made 96 million 750 thousand dollars wow <laughs> 15 million nobody got paid in this movie <laughs> well it's Just 1989 even in 1989 yeah, this many big actors actually yeah. it's women though mm-hmm. Dolly would not be making that much money this Correct. is really early for Julia Roberts Shirley MacLaine had been famous since the 60s yep Shirley McLean is your big name. Olympia Dukakis was not... Sally Field had or come off her, you like me, you really no, like me speech. But listen, your two big names are Sally Field and um, Shirley McLean because Olympia Dukakis was not really that famous until just recently. She had done all that stage. And Julia Roberts did Pretty Woman after this. And Daryl Hannah's on the way up. Yeah. She had just did... Who almost didn't Roxanne. get this movie because no. she was uh, too pretty. She was, it was just to play it now. I don't know if Roxanne was before this or after this. I think it was... Around this time, but I don't but know. this was after Splash. Oh yeah, Splash was like eighty. But you so got she was already a big name. Yeah. But they're like you got two big names, and the men barely have parts. Yeah, the men I bet did their scenes in like a week. <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't have a lot to do, they'll only bring you in while they need you. All you, you got is Sally Field and Shirley you, you don't have Viper just walking around, you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> All right, so I have two reviews. The first one. Is from Brie Fane. Mm-hmm. It's a four out of ten. Wow. Overblown film version of a small one set play that proves that less is more. Set entirely in a beauty parlor on three separate days, the play had no locker room, no weddings, no funerals, no birthday parties, no state fairs, or men. Everything was told through the dialogue, uh, and the men were seen through the eyes of its female characters. It was a woman's world, and the men were not privy. Unfortunately, opening it to a movie destroys its spirit and dissipates its power and intimacy. And that is a lot of the bad reviews talked about the difference between the play, which I didn't even know existed until I was reading these reviews. <laughs> I watched that play. Wait a minute. So there's no scene in if it, all the scenes are at, just at the beauty parlor. Mm-hmm. So when they get to whack a weasel. They don't get to take a whack of Weezer? Well, maybe she has a meltdown in the beauty parlor after Shelby dies, <laughs> and she does I get to know. take a whack. I never saw it. <laughs> I don't want to see the play. Gotta be a cheap so you got to think, if the if it's only three scenes in the beauty parlor, you got to think, before the wedding, we find out she's pregnant, she's dead. Mm. That has to be <laughs> the three scenes, all that other stuff. And they just combine stuff when... And they spread and it all or whatever out. shows mm-hmm. up and yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. But that's, a lot of people talked about the male characters being kind of ridiculous. But then when you realize that originally they're just Voices. seen through the gossiping yeah. at the beauty parlor, then they are going to be. Well, the guy characters are ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, Viper for the first half of the movie is just shooting a gun at trees. <laughs> I would posit that the male characters in this movie are written the way wives are written in male-driven films. Really, give me one female-driven movie where there's a woman out there just cracking off rounds at trees. No, no. 
the way wives are written in male-driven films. Oh, like when, when significant. When it's yeah. like a or bunch like of like this crazy woman at the house that's always nagging me, and it's like, well, I would like you to like throw if your this trash movie away. was <laughs> if this movie was set like in an office. And you got brief shots of men at home talking to their wives. They just—they have no personality because they're not the focal point. Mm-hmm. So right. Those, these more men, like they objects. have very little personality because yeah. they're tertiary objects. They're just mm-hmm. doing dishes or cooking dinner in yeah. the movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And nagging them. <laughs> so, of course, I mean, this is the reverse. Done really well so that you don't really even think about it. And you don't even... You don't dislike them, or you know you, they're fine. It's because they don't overtly oh, you like dislike men down. Name. Like um, a lot of movies will make men look bad, like overly bad. Where in this movie they're just not significant. Mostly, mm-hmm. mostly sitcoms. Like every sitcom, it's the smart and intelligent woman and the doofus guy. Right. They go. Don't know what they, the hell he's They doing. make them go the other way so far where it stands out. Yeah. Like this, this just doesn't stand out. You don't like you said. You don't notice that they're not important. The, and the worst relationship seems to be between Truvy and Spud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you even get that he's going through like a rough patch. Yeah. He's out of work. Calling and a bad time. So <laughs> even though, and she never, even though she seems sad because they're not like they used to and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you never get the feeling that he's terrible to her. No. He's just a little cold. Got stuff going on. He's <laughs> probably really super depressed. That's the vibe I get from I him is that he's super mm. depressed yeah. <laughs> but most yeah. of this movie those making the woman movies watch this and take notes <laughs> and then, this is how you write an insignificant character and then unique particle on the other hand says 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 perfect treasure delightful mix of comedy and a tearjerker she said or whoever it is got to see a 30th anniversary fathom event screening in theaters <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's one of the reasons I picked this review because we've all gone to a Fathom event. <laughs> we've gone to more than one. Yeah. They're fun. I highly recommend Wrath of Khan. <laughs> at least two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was so lovely. The auditorium was packed mostly with women, which was an interesting experience, realizing it's a chick flick right away. In a way, I laughed. I even cried among a, f- a few films to have a powerful effect on me. Excellent cast of glorious characters that acted so well and written so well. Loved every bit of it. So. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, what'd you think going in, John? <laughs> I clutch myself. All right, so spoilers for those of you who you know don't know, but I, my first thought was, isn't this the movie where Julia Roberts dies? <laughs> he said that, and I said, yes. <laughs> that was my thought. Just make sure I had the right movie. Oh, man. And it wasn't Rhinestone. It was only, Dolly Parton only has some movies. Could you hand me my chest? <laughs> All right, Tony. I was like, I've seen this. My mom made me watch the shit out of this when I was little. Really? Yeah. <laughs> my mom watched this movie like, uh, you know, a lot. <laughs> my I mom made me watch Streets of Fire. My mom just made us watch Disney movies. <laughs> what about you, Elaine? I was like, ooh, I own this. I don't own this. <laughs> we have searched the whole house. I was sure I had a copy of this, and I don't. I was real upset. And it cost me know, three bucks. I'm going to start taking Do you know, I, when I picked this, it was free on Amazon Prime. And Erin, I told her I was going to do the movie. She's like, now I want to watch it. I said, it's free on Prime. Last week. This week, not free on Prime. What are you doing? We're talking. Yeah, you're having some secret side conversation that nobody can hear because you're mumbling. so they can fill their bingo card up. Okay. Anywho, yeah, not free on Prime anymore. 
I was a little disappointed. Literally. I mean, <laughs> like this week. Not I'm not sad we had to rent it. I'm just sad that I didn't own a like, copy. Would you like to rent the standard definition of the super high def? I'm like, this movie was made in the 80s. There <laughs> is no super high def. <laughs> I know. Quit pretending. I'm not paying that extra it's dollar. It's an extra dollar for it to look exactly the same. You know what? If it was an extra dollar for special features, it would be worth it. Because mm-hmm. you know there's some special features on this. I I'd like to watch this with the commentary track. And it depends on who's doing commentary. I'd like to have like Sally Fields, Ali Parton, Julie Roberts. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, this movie opens with Anel walking through town looking for Truby's beauty shop. And you see it cuts back and forth from her walking through town, looking at her directions, to wedding preparations happening at Sally Fields Malin's house for Shelby's wedding. And uh, Sally Fields' husband, Malin's husband, Drum, has been instructed to get rid of the birds for this outdoor reception in their backyard, and he is shooting at the trees. And it's loud. <laughs> Which would do it. And every time they show a picture of birds flying out of that tree, it feels like the same shot to me with the same amount of birds. (laughs) It might be. And at one point he says he has to get a zillion birds out of those trees. I'm like, wouldn't they be gone by now? The one gunshot should get rid of just about all the birds. I don't know. The firecrackers certainly do. (laughs) Spoilers. So Anel makes it to the beauty shop. As Dolly, Par- Dolly Parton is Truby, she sends her husband off because he has to finish dyeing a bunch of Easter eggs, like hundreds of Easter eggs, so they can get hidden at the church. And he ran out of stuff, so she sends him to the store, and he has to get her dress from the cleaners while he's out. Um, and Anel does Truby's hair as like an interview and gets the job. Big and hair. My baby's got <laughs> big hair. Lots of hairspray. Big hair. This was the late 80s in the South. That is where you get big hair. <laughs> she put um, part of the whole in the ozone layer herself with this haircut. <laughs> and unfortunately for Anel, she get her work is extra poofy when she's nervous. <laughs> and Truby says, like, I wrap my hair in toilet paper at night or something, so that'll probably get rid of some Yeah. <laughs> but she gets the job, and she's very excited. And then they take the trash out, and they're talking, and Claire, and we learn that Anel is staying at a boarding house across the river and walks to work, or she's going to be walking to work. John was upset by this trash scene because the trash was on the ground outside the trash can, so somebody took it out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let's take out the trash. It's next to the trash can. Like, you lazy fuck. Come on. Well, we saw our son. Apparently, he might just yeah, be thrown it out the door. Off on the bike. <laughs> I mean, who would just do that? Hey, her son, her son is a very nice kid. He's just a little scary. <laughs> that dude is like the 80s threw up all over that guy. Yeah. Oh, so, Clary pulls up. She has come from, they dedicated a park to her late husband this morning. And the new mayor's wife, who we hate, got hit in the head with a baseball. <laughs> And so they talk about that a little bit. And then she and Truvy talk about how um, Anel seems nice, but she, she thinks there's probably a story there. Because she said her married name is this, but she's by herself at this boarding house across the river. Something has happened. Dum dum. There's some fuckery afoot. <laughs> uh, and then they, they hear the gunshots still, and they don't understand how Malin puts up with her husband. 
and he uh, just keeps shooting at the trees. <laughs> they, um, Lynn hides her husband's gun. We go back to their house. Shelby's upset. Her pink nails are the wrong color. And uh, they, they're going to go to the beauty shop. And Malin hides the gun. She sees it. And she's like, stop shooting at those birds. <laughs> Where's your father? The coffee kicked in. So she hides it. And, uh, and then they go to Truvy so they can get their hair done. As they're going to leave, Miss Weeza is coming to the front door yelling and screaming about the gunshots and they're like back door <laughs> it's Weeza and I like that her name is, is Weeza but it's spelled O-U-I like French we yeah. mm-hmm. I know the first time I saw it I was like that's how you spell it <laughs> I thought it was a nickname but I think that's her real name no at one point in the movie they somebody calls her Louise no the <laughs> guy the guy she's dating later on calls her Louisa but Sounds like he says Louisa, but I think Weeza is her name. Hmm. I thought I thought her name was Louisa, and they just call her Weeza. I'm just happy that <laughs> I don't know anybody named Weeza in real life. <laughs> I just want to point out that Truvy's son is a welcome back to the podcast. He played the groom from the wedding in the movie Michael. Oh. <laughs> when they all got pie. <laughs> I was curious about him, so I looked at his IMDb. Okay. okay. <laughs> So they go out the back door so they can go to Truvy's and Weeza pounds on the door until Drum answers and she yells at him a bunch about all the noise he's making and the effect it's having on her dog. Dad, there's someone at the door. Sounds like it's for you. (laughs) (laughs) She's a giant St. Bernard. I like the little brothers. They're kind of real funny in the background. Yeah, they do not want to help. (laughs) Much like teenage boys everywhere. Well, they're proper naughty boys. No, they're not. (laughs) She's like, my dog is losing all its hair. I have to give it tranquilizers. You're making all this noise. And uh, she follows him to the backyard and starts throwing his blanks in the pool so he can't shoot anymore. And then she's like, did you get those magnolias out of my tree? And he says, the judge has not determined whose tree it is. (laughs) So now we know that they are neighbors. Um. And they evidently couldn't work it out themselves on how to bring in the judge. (laughs) Which is weird how much um, Sally Field and Weeza here hang out. Yeah. Yeah. You get the impression that they like each other, but they also like to antagonize each other. But yeah, you'd think if you were bringing a judge into it, you wouldn't have that. You wouldn't be inviting that woman to your wedding. <laughs> but you can see them bringing a judge in between Weeza and... And, and like drum. drum. <laughs> oh, drum just is just straight fucking. And maybe yeah. maybe the judge is just the dude who lives across the street. Right. <laughs> That's true too. And it's a small it town. It is a small town. Fair point. And you kind of get the feeling that the only one like Weeza is and Clary are friends, but Weeza is not necessarily friends with everybody else. But they see each other and yeah. interact on the regular. Yeah. I don't know at that funeral scene. Weezer was there. Yes, because she was a good person. Shh. Don't spread it Spoiler around. Alert. There was a bunch of people there, and they weren't all invited to the little powwow. <laughs> so back at the beauty shop, Anel is nervous to do Malin's hair. And Shelby's like, it'll be fine. Just tease it into a brown football helmet, and you'll be good. And Malin's like, why is everybody being so mean to me today? <laughs> and they... Uh, 
Truvy asks Shelby about Jackson because Malin does not talk about Jackson. And uh, so then we get to, we learn about the groom. He's a lawyer and uh, she's really excited to grow old. Her dream is to grow old with someone surrounded by grandchildren on the back porch. And her mom looks kind of like, but we don't know why yet. Um, Shelby doesn't plan to quit working her job as a nurse because she likes working at the hospital with all the babies. And Shelby's parents think that she should quit her job so she can do what's best for her circulatory system and stay home. And then they talk about the wedding, the colors. Pink and pink. <laughs> I'm sorry. Her colors are blush and bash. <laughs> pink is Shelby's signature color. Elaine, um, I empathize because my signature color is also pink. No, your colors are or bleach and bashful. What is it? Blush and bashful. Yeah, I love bleach blush and pink. Bleach and color. Blush pink is one of my favorite colors. Don't put colors. bleach on your eyelids. <laughs> it's a little, I don't know a lot about makeup, but... If you do, you'll be a lot more than bashful. Well, you'll be blind. But she says that the walls have been hung with flowers and there's a pink rug just for her service and... There's drapes of pink fabric everywhere, and her mom's like, it looks like Pepto-Bismol exploded. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, pink is my signature color. <laughs> they both agree that the bridesmaids' dresses are beautiful, though. And when I saw them, I was like, whoa! <laughs> There's something. I asked John if he would marry me if I wore that wedding dress, and he said he would. <laughs> Well, that's love. Although her dress was better than those bridesmaids' dresses. But it was something. <laughs> um, not have to get drunk first. So it turns out Malin and Shelby don't agree on pretty much anything for this wedding except the groom's cake is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. It is an armadillo. I've never been to a wedding where there's a groom's cake. I looked, I Googled it because I was like, I don't do this much anymore. Well, because, you know, the the other cake isn't the bride's cake. This is not the bride's day. It's both of their day. See, people fuck that (laughs) up all the time. But it's just as much his day as this hers. I looked it up and it's apparently, it's a tradition from the Victorian era that really is only exists in this country in the South and probably not even so much anymore. But they often traditionally had them either at the rehearsal or as a second dessert option at the wedding because you know this was before everybody did like a different layer is every different flavor or something so you had this cake option or this cake option it's just a way to have two cakes in case people hate chocolate and you got a chocolate cake i guess so this is a red velvet armadillo who doesn't like that so when you cut into it it looks like it's bleeding i don't like red velvet cake either but (laughs) i don't like inch inch thick fondant so i know the juicy like jesus christ and it's probably not marshmallow fond. Like marshmallow no, fond is not bad. It's just eighties fond. Yeah, it's that death flavor. Like oh. said, they ask Aunt Fern if she can make other kinds of cakes, and she says she can make all kinds. And then later, when they do the Halloween wedding shower, I was really sad we didn't have like a jack o' lantern cake, also uh-huh. made by Aunt Fern. Yeah, I thought the cake thing was going to come back. But well, it yeah, when they do the remake to this, we'll be sure to get more cakes from Aunt Fern or the sequel. Oh. <laughs> All right, so then they talk about the rehearsal dinner. Apparently, Jackson's family is a bit too outdoorsy, hunting kind of people for Malin. And uh, they went out to Jackson's uncle's place on the river, and then 
Shelby and Jackson got to have a little alone time skinny dipping in the river. Hello. And then they had a fight. <laughs> and they're like, what? Why are you, what? Apparently she told him she wasn't going to marry him. And then the ladies in the beauty shop are like, what are you talking about? And she's like, it's fine. We worked it out. We're going to get married now. Um, and then um, the other ladies keep talking, but Shelby looks like something is wrong. And then she starts sweating and twitching. And then everybody rushes to help get the juice, get the candy. And we find out that Shelby is diabetic and all the stress of the wedding. Plus, last week she was told that children are not an option. Um, that's why she told Jackson she wasn't going to marry him because she can't have children. And but she's there is always they could adopt or buy a child. <laughs> nah, and I'm like, what is what is that now? <laughs> Happen people do it all the time. They, that's what they say. They buy a child. <laughs> I'm like, buy a child? Yeah, they would go like eBay, eBay or something. Yeah, eBay. No, the way that it happens is, you sit up by the river and if someone puts one on a boat. <laughs> And as the boat goes by, you just grab cross, the baby. Cross marketing. I like There's a guy that catches your baby boat. Nice. And then he sells them okay. on the black baby market. Not there you go. You make money, make money Not both the market ways. for black babies, but the black well, market sometimes, for babies. Well, sometimes. It depends on what kind of baby's in the boat. But the black market for babies. I believe if you're trying to buy a child, you do it from overseas. Wow. No, you catch them on the boat. I'm just saying, straight not, off the boat. If you're not sure what we're talking about, go back to a bunch of different episodes about Tony's baby boats. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they just nonchalantly oh, throw, just go buy a child in this movie. And I'm like, I, I, did I miss something? Is there? Well, in the South, in, in the 80s, you were there? allowed to just go just buy, buy children. It was in that weird aisle at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Babies are us. Oh, man. That was a thing. <laughs> That store, not that you can buy babies there. Maybe in the park in the back. <laughs> All right, so back at home, Shelby's dad can't find his gun, so he gets her brothers to help him go find other things they can use to get rid of the birds. And what do they find? A crossbow. Who's <laughs> got that in their garage, Tony? And no, I don't have no, a crossbow. we don't even have a garage. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite part is that um, the dad finds the arrows and one son finds the crossbow and the last son's like I got the target like what are you doing you're an idiot we don't need that (laughs) (laughs) and then back at the beauty shop the ladies are loading up the car with the easter eggs dozens and dozens and dozens I mean there's like 300 easter eggs (laughs) I'm under the impression that these are hard boiled yeah okay because they don't uh, and uh, Weeza mm. comes up. I think they're supposed to be hard-boiled, but I don't think they actually hard-boiled all these eggs. Right, so I right, think right. they just colored them with a marker. And then crushed them. So when they crush them, you can clearly see they didn't actually take the time to really hard-boil all these eggs for <laughs> realism purposes. Yeah. It's not in the budget. <laughs> Weeza yeah, walks up. <laughs> she's really early for her appointment, but she's come early so she can talk to Malin about drum. This poor dog that she wraps the leash, this super long leash around the tree, is losing all tear. And I like uh, that she does this, and she pulls out a, a bowl and gets some water. <laughs> I'm like, that's a good dog on. Because she loves her dog. <laughs> Way to go, Weeza. <laughs> oh, man. And she's like, look, I used to think you were crazy for marrying that man, but now I think you're on some mission from God. <laughs> Like and the then, brothers. and she starts uh, like grilling Anel. She's like, "Who are you? I've never seen you before. I know everybody in this town." 
who brought you here? Where are you from? <laughs> What's your family? Who's your husband? And we learned that Anel doesn't know if she's married because her met, her wedding may not have been legal. And her husband disappeared last week or a couple weeks ago with the car, the money, the jewelry. And apparently she had come home from the laundromat or something because half her clothes were in the trunk. <laughs> and the and cops are asking her questions. She doesn't know anything. He's running from the police. Bunky. Don't marry a dude named Bunk. <laughs> I wonder if some of these men, like, these are the nicknames that women use for them. Because they're Spud and Drum and Bunky. <laughs> Their names are Malin and Truvy. Truvy. And Weeza. <laughs> All right, so um, none of them have good names. Except I mean, maybe Shelby. Shelby is Clary, a, Clary, Clary, and Anel. I mean, those names are normal names. Well, but Shelby Truby has a llama bite. Not See, a... She does a llama bite. Come here. <laughs> Carol Shelby. Oh, man. So, uh, oh, do you think that that was Anel's... No, it's not. It's too late. I was going to say Anel's son that she named Shelby. Do you think it was Carol Shelby? <laughs> well, I guarantee you. No, but... definitely not, because it was he was already an old man at this point. Uh-huh. Sixties are a different time. Period. That's right. And anybody who hears, oh, your daughter's name or your son's name or anybody's name is Shelby, they're gonna think it's after the car. Are they? Yeah, because I know two kids named Shelby, and they're both after the car. Yeah, I work with a Shelby, and it's never once occurred to me that that was why her name was Shelby. Bet you it is. Ask her. Mm. All right. So then firecrackers start going because off. Steel magnolias. To <laughs> <tell you. laughs> I bet because she's like twenty. <laughs> 22. Uh, firecrackers start going off, and the ladies are frightened by the noise, and then smoke coming out of the trees as the birds all fly away. <laughs> because Drum and his sons attached firecrackers to the crossbow bolts before they shot it into the tree, and uh, Malin and Shelby rush home so they can assess the damage, because who knows what the hell happened. <laughs> And uh, the dog breaks the leash and starts running. And so Weeza's running after the dog, but she's like, kill, kill. She says, bite him in the balls. Best part of this is she's wearing, she has a hair piece with her. It's just in her hand. It looks like a dead animal. (laughs) But yeah, she just runs off with it. All hair pieces look like dead animals. And she just pulls it out of her purse. Yuck. All right, so then we cut to the wedding, and uh, I wrote, it's hideous. <laughs> it's not hideous. It's just very 80s. Pink is everywhere. She wasn't kidding about that. And those bridesmaids' dresses, whoo. <laughs> the hats. <laughs> Nobody ever wanted a hat. Ever. My next wedding, someone's wearing a hat. Oh, man. Might but be me. I was going to say, probably you. We cut straight to the reception. People are dancing, making fun of the mayor's wife. They're eating. It looks uh, like two pigs fighting in a sack. We see. She's getting down, though. <laughs> yes, she is. There's one dude who's just sweating all through his shirt. Like, looks like he jumped in the pool. But he's boogieing. Oh, yeah. I'm having a good time. We see the wedding cake and the armadillo cake. Um, and when they're dancing, Malin tries to talk to Jackson about being careful with Shelby and making sure they take their time with planning any big decisions about family and he's just kind of like we've heard you tell us this before yada 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 he's like out woman we're grown-ups <laughs> so he's about to say all right she's not your shelby anymore she's mine <laughs> fuck out we got a down payment on a three-year-old yeah <laughs> <laughs> leasing them 
It's at least with right. option to buy. So honestly, I'm sure that people still buy children today. They find that there's lawyers that look for women that are underprivileged. And I'm sure people are offering these women money to give their That's children illegal. up for adoption to rich people. I'm sure That's that happens to fucking day. Super Doesn't matter. Bet it's happening. Still illegal. Bet it's happening But today. nowadays, they would have looked into, like, surrogacy. They have money. Like, they probably could have paid a surrogate. I don't know if surrogacy was really a thing in 1989. <laughs> But now if you Your have money is, and you can't carry a baby, you pay you pay the bills for someone to do no, it for you. No, but surrogacy, they don't always give up those babies, though. you got to be real careful with that. Yeah, because they get to keep it if they want. Because they gave birth is, though, to it. She wants to be a mother. She wants to have the baby. She wants to be a part of everything and to do it. I mean, She's we're real jumping the gun here, though, about right. this buying the baby thing, though. But uh, we see Anel at the wedding putting food in her purse. And it's like she doesn't seem to realize that it's free and she can just eat it. But she, no. she's poor and she wants to take food home right. too. Because <laughs> like, the bartender's like, can I get you something? And she's like, no. And he's like, it's free. And she's like, okay. <laughs> uh, cherry Coke. I'm going to make you the best Cherry Coke you've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably mixed it right there. There you go, Barbara. She's like, that's good. And then when Shelby goes to leave with Jackson, the car is decorated in condoms, which her brothers had threatened to do, and they followed through. I don't know that it's necessarily her brothers. You could see Jackson's friends are the kind of dudes that decorate their buddy's car with. He was in a frat. (laughs) Her brothers wanted to, but the mom, Malin, stole the condoms, you see. Yeah, that's true. But all of his friends came out, and that car was covered, and then he lifted him up. That dude that was, wasn't the brothers. That dude was in a frat, and all those dudes were his fraternity <laughs> brothers, and they've been doing that at everybody's wedding. Because oh, that's man. something guys do. Her mom's like, well, if you guys want to practice safe sex. <laughs> you are good to go. No, because you cannot reuse a condom. You are not good to go. And all of those were blown up like balloons. <laughs> oh, those are, they're fine. You just take the air out. You're good. <sighs> that, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Fine. Not fine? Not fine. You sure? Hundred percent. So then, as everybody okay. is leaving, just wash that it out. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> wash out the condom. You're only ninety nine percent effective anyway. Ah! <laughs> oh, you're fine. <laughs> put a little bleach Which, in there. Oh man! <laughs> Definitely don't do that. A little <laughs> bleach on the old tally whacker. Stop it! Stop it! Guarantee you oh, won't get pregnant. These are not the opinions of this podcast. <laughs> So as everybody's going home that night, we learned that Truby's husband didn't come because he wasn't feeling well. Um, Louisa doesn't want to walk home alone, even though she lives next door. She makes Clary walk her. She's like, you live right there. <laughs> She's like, I, how am I going to go to my car? She's like, you got a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> and then Annelle's walking home and the bartender sees her officer ride and she declines. She says, I got new shoes. I got to break them. <laughs> wow. But, I mean, you don't get in a car with the man no, who just I know, spent but tonight. <laughs> this is a different time. And maybe you do if you have to walk all the way across time, town in a pair of new high heels. I might have. It seemed like a decent If you ever ask somebody if they want to ride and they say, I got new shoes, I'm trying to break them in. <laughs> I'd rather that, walk. Yeah, that's code for fuck off. <laughs> I mean, that is a burn of epic well, proportions. Well, at this point, she may be married. <laughs> don't want to give them the wrong idea. So, who knows? Maybe. But then we just cut straight to the Christmas carnival. Um, yeah, they, they do a lot of jumping in this. Yeah, they do. 
Truvy and Anel are working at a concession stand. And they should have put the six months later yeah. or something <laughs> on there. Now, like in the Avengers, they put in big, bold yeah. letters what exactly is going on. Yeah, they didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure it out based on content. Like, it wait, was Easter, now it's Christmas. Yeah, the only way is what holiday are they talking about in the background? <laughs> so, uh, Anel looks a lot different. She's blonde now, and so. she got big hair. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and they see Shelby, who has arrived back in town today to uh, celebrate Christmas, and uh, she never misses the Christmas carnival. And Jackson has never been before. So then we learn that uh, Annell found out that the cops caught her bunky, her husband. And now she's officially rid of him. And then she went a little crazy. <laughs> she went wild. <laughs> she was smoking and drinking. <laughs> and then Truvy was like, all right, you're going a little far. <laughs> she helped her find God. And got her back on the right path. But yeah, now she's back in church and giving lectures at the trade school she went to. And she seems to be happier. She likes living here and she's having a good time. But not too good. (laughs) And then Shelby runs into Clary and learns that she bought the local radio station and now does color commentary for the local football games. And by color, she means, what color is that uniform? (laughs) Now, is that a purple or is that a chartreuse? Is that royal or aubergine? Come on. (laughs) How could you forget about aubergine? It's just fun to say. Aubergine. I was distracted by all the butts. (laughs) <laughs> it was a lot of butts. Oh, yeah. man. Butts and butts and butts. You know who was not distracted by the butts? Weezer. <laughs> well, she, Weezer although, was, at one point she gets out she of here and uh, she's going like... <laughs> well, when one guy walks around, she's meat-gazing hard. <laughs> <laughs> because we do cut to the football game that was Weezer that wants night. to give it a whack. Yeah. Post-game, <laughs> we're in the locker room. She wants him to take a of, whack at Weezer. It's a lot of man butt that we see. Weezer's yes. looking at other I stuff, I told Elaine to close her eyes, but she refused. <laughs> She said she wanted to be able to see so she'd be able to be productive during ass chat. <laughs> it's important. I noticed most of them were very tan except for their butt. <laughs> so obviously a lot of these fools walk around without a shirt on. White guy butt going on. If I was going to be in Steel Magnolias mm-hmm. in the butt scene, I would be sure to tan my hide. <laughs> oh, man. Truvy goes Those home. Those butt doubles. And she brings a basket of fried chicken and a bottle of wine. And she's going to get a blanket so she and Spud can go watch the fireworks because they do every year. But he lost the bid for a job because he doesn't own his own equipment. So he has to charge more so he can rent the equipment. And he doesn't want to watch the fireworks. He is not in the mood because he is depressed. (laughs) And, uh, excuse me. So... Then the next day, I guess, later on that week, we cut to Shelby telling Malin that she is pregnant and very excited about it. And Malin is not excited about it. <laughs> she's pissed. Very yeah. pissed. Now she's pissed, pissed. Shelby's like, didn't you just say, you always said you wanted us to be happy? Well, this makes me happy. And she's like, but it's, it could kill you. <laughs> and she says, well, it kills lots of women, you know. Yeah, she's like, it's it's a risk for every woman. And she also says, diabetic women have babies all the time. She said, I would rather have 30 minutes of happy than a lifetime of blank. No, I'd rather have 30 
30 minutes of wonderful than a lifetime of nothing special. Mm. What she said. And then she says they can't, it turns out they can't adopt because of her medical problems. And I, I looked that up too. It is a factor. Mm. Di- women with diabetes, it's harder for them to adopt. Even if everything else is what if what the husband has diabetes? Well, Probably, I'm sure it's a factor as well. Any kind of medical problems. So it's not just one parent. Either yeah. parent, they have a medical thing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. hmm. they want to make sure the baby's going to the most stable home that they can. But the the article I read about it was like some of these adoption rules are kind of backwards. Like they want you to be married, but lots of married people get divorced and end up being worse parents than a single parent who wanted a baby would have been <laughs> in the first place. You know, and for so long. Homosexual cubbies, couples couldn't adopt. Homosexual and, cubbies? What yeah, is that? Whatever. So, they're uh, like couples, but... But now they can, yeah. but there's still agencies that won't work with gay couples, and I yeah. mean, it's a yeah. whole hoopla. Um, Why not? The divorce rate lot of, gay couples is a lot better than married. Than married <laughs> there's people. a lot of hoops to jump through, and some of them are um, a little too old-fashioned. <laughs> well. So, uh... So anyway, they don't they don't end up resolving anything. Melinda is not going to be excited about this, and Shelby is disappointed because she wanted her mom to be make happy some, with it. Fuss about it. Yeah. That's so, why we sell baby boats. Yeah. <laughs> then so we learned. If you're learn, call one eight hundred baby boats. <laughs> someone is there. And we apologize no. to whatever number that is if someone actually <laughs> answers. <laughs> Well, baby boats is more than seven. It's 100 BB boats. Uh, Anel was put in charge of decorating. That call is not toll free. There is toll. Anel decorated the beauty shop. And Sammy helped her, and and it's a lot. It's a lot of decorations on the beauty shop. (laughs) I particularly like. The wreath made up of all the baby Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this mass manger's for seventy five percent off. I snagged up all their baby Jesus. So funny. Oh, there's stuff spinning. There's stuff lighting up. There's it's it's a lot, uh, but everybody loves it. We Shelby's comes, Malin's there, Weez is there. There, everybody's there. Um, and what else are they gonna do? Not yeah. Jackson. Jackson isn't there. <laughs> No, you're right, he's not. Maybe he's off visiting with his family while she goes and visits the girls. Or he's lawyering. <laughs> well, he's a man. He's not... He's not fo- important. It's not a focal point. Nope, not in this movie. Shelby this tells the Weeza... of Hangover. <laughs> Shelby tells Weeza that she met a man at her church who asked about... Who said, oh, you're from... I can't remember the name of the Chint- pairs. Chintipee? Chintipee, <laughs> I think. Uh, you're from that parish? I used to live there. Do you know Weeza? And she's like, he seemed like he remembers you fondly. And she's like, I don't, I'm like, obviously I know who he is. And I managed, he was a nice guy, but I managed to run him off and then marry two complete deadbeats and have three ungrateful children. And I'm not interested in reconnecting with this man. Clarice's like, ooh, that's a blast from the past. (laughs) Opening that can of worms. (laughs) And then we cut to a Christmas party. Um, Spud, again, is not there. Clary says that her extended family looks like it was carved out of cream cheese. (laughs) And Weeza gets pissed because Shelby invited Owen. And and she walks into the kitchen and she's kind of bitching. And Malin's like, yeah, well, Shelby does a lot of shit she shouldn't do. And they're like, and she's like, what? What is going on with you? And then Drum... 
toasts and announces that Shelby and Jackson are going to have a baby. She says, baby, I'm not going to tell anybody that you're pregnant. I'm just going to tell them I'm going to be a granddaddy. <laughs> Malin walks away, Weeza follows her, and then Truvy, Clary, and Anel are all excited and find them and learn that Malin is... It, she's like, it wasn't that the doctor said she couldn't. The doctor said she shouldn't because it will likely kill her. So this is not something to be excited about. But they're like, well, doctors are wrong all the time. Maybe she'll be all right. And they try to help her make, help her feel better. And then we cut straight to a child's for a birthday party, and they are trying to fuck with us in this scene because you see the kid is on somebody's lap, but they don't show you who it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's now because, we know why. Ah. It's because the little the little girl that plays Jackson was so terrified of Julia Roberts and all of the strangers that the only time he, this baby wouldn't cry was when it was on its mother's lap. Oh. So that is the actual. So that's a stunt, Julia. That's the actual mother <laughs> of this baby. <laughs> <laughs> holding this baby because it's the only way this kid would stop crying. Yeah. And you can even see that this kid has been crying. Mm -hmm. Stunt mom. And what's funny is this kid walked around their whole life going, I can't believe I was afraid of Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a whole year this kid's and like, seven what, 30 months now? Yeah. Because yeah. this is it's July. Do yeah. yeah, you think she ever gets to call July Julia? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> she said the baby was due in July, so... This and is, they sing they and, sing a song about Yankee Doodle Baby born on July 3rd. And this mm -hmm. is the first birthday party. So so it's been a year and a half. <laughs> Yankee Doodle went to town. That is a terrible song, by the way. You ever figure <laughs> out what that song is really about? It's not good. Oh. It's about people making fun of Americans. And everybody's like, that's a catchy tune. <laughs> you know what? Because when you embrace things and you turn it around and make it a positive. Mm. We took it back. We didn't take it back. Americans took it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, after the party, Malin's going to go to Truvy's, and Shelby's like, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to get my hair cut short. And she's like, all right, that's fine. And they go, and they hear Clary telling the story of her nephew, how he came out of the closet by telling his parents he had a brain tumor and three months to live, and then be like, okay, you got all upset. Now that was a joke. I'm really just gay. <laughs> and then they talk about... Um, her that her niece or I don't know this is her nephew or this is I don't know anyway his parents apparently they've been like these paragons of tradition in this town and then their daughter lost the Miss Christmas throne. She, she was dethroned from Miss Christmas <laughs> because she got caught with her tinsel around her ankles <laughs> with a politician who was not only high up but high because they've been putting shit up their nose or something <laughs> Lots and then they're smoking everything but the came curtains. out of the closet. <laughs> so they, because they're like, how are those parents handling this year? It's not going well for them. And then Weeza comes in and passes out bags of tomatoes because she doesn't like healthy food, but she's an old Southern woman, so she has to grow it. <laughs> Wear funny hats. Yep. And ridiculous clothes and grow tomatoes. <laughs> And uh, she's talking about how she's just wait. The sooner her body gives out, the better. And then Shelby has a reaction to her haircut. That it's not a reaction I've ever had. Where she's like, "Oh, oh, my hair is gone," and she starts, she starts to crying. tear up. But she starts crying not because her hair is so short, but because the reason she got her haircut is she's about to have kidney surgery, mm -hmm. and it's just seeing it 
made her upset about the surgery. It really doesn't have anything to do with her hair. <laughs> but Truvy gets all upset because she's like, oh, no, I did what you asked. <laughs> Every time I've ever gone to a hairdresser and asked them to just cut off my hair, they always are worried that I'm going to freak out. That's because people do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Just cut it all off. <laughs> you got to be real specific and stand your ground. But uh, then she's like, we'll do, they're going to get manicures too. And she's like, oh, wow, y'all are just making a day of this. But when she rolls up her sleeve and she sees all, they say it looks like she's been driving nails into her arm. It looks terrible. Because she's been on dialysis and she needs a kidney transplant. And it turns out that tomorrow, Malin is giving her a kidney. And everybody everybody is like, whoa. (laughs) Well, I don't have to go on a list because Mama's going to give me one of hers. <laughs> She's lucky they're compatible. They're not always. Um, so then when everybody leaves, Weeza and Clary go to the grocery store since they're going to buy food to make meals for Drum and the, the boys while the women recover from the surgery. And Why can't those fuckers cook for themselves? Well, it's just a thing. It's a thing that This is a do. thing that in small towns... <laughs> When your family has troubles, people bring you food to help you out. Like, if we didn't live in a big city, when our friend's father just passed away, we would have all made him a bunch of casseroles so that he wouldn't have to cook in his grief. I'm sure he would have appreciated it. I missed it. out on casseroles just because I live in a fucking Navy town? Damn. Tony, I feel like we should get you some food. Hey, just, just make me some stuffing. And I know (laughs) when my dad had his foot surgery, because my mom doesn't cook the way my dad cooks, we all, my sisters and I all brought food over. Yeah. We bought, like, the platter at the rib place and brought it over. Come on, man. You can grill. Just throw some fucking burgers on a grill if you can't cook. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he can. But this is is like a small town thing. Yeah. And it's also a church thing. and. We know that all of these people yeah. go to church. It's a, a church thing, too. Like the old ladies at the church bring you food. <laughs> when Harley and I went to church and somebody got really ill, you would sign up on a list to bring people food. That's and a they thing they sure did. Somebody came every day. You have to get in on this Jesus. Yeah. That's a thing people do. Hell, Jesus. But then Weeza says she no. feels bad because she... There you go was talking about waiting for her body to give out in front of Shelby, and she shouldn't have talked like that in front of Shelby. And then, and Clary's like, nobody takes you seriously anyway. We all know you're a good person. You'd give a kidney to your dog. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Well, they're uh, compatible. (laughs) (laughs) And then Anel and Sammy go shopping because they're going to make red beans and rice for Drum and the boys. And then she starts to have, like, a freak out because it says you're supposed to soak the beans overnight and they don't have time for that. All right, well, this is important, okay? Look, when people are making me food to bring it over here, I don't like red beans in there. <laughs> Why are they making you food? Am I dead? No. <laughs> when you're dead, dear, you don't bring me food, I won't be able to eat. Oh. That's why they have to bring you food. Oh. But she and Sam to make sure you don't die too, because you have to make sure my corpse was properly burnt and not stolen by a funeral home. <laughs> I'll probably live on Taco Bell and pizza. <laughs> I'm hanging out a lot with Tony. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, well, he'll, he'll be well. He's immortal. <laughs> well, 
working, working on, on it. it. <laughs> they get into a fight because she f- realizes he had put beer in her refrigerator. And she says, I don't care what you do at your house, but you're not going to put alcohol in my refrigerator. Jesus drank wine. And then he takes the Lord's name in vain a few times. And we learn that she has gone a little too far. <laughs> All right, so I've always had a problem with this, with these really devout Christians who are against alcohol. Jesus drank wine. Yeah. She's, she's swinging. But Jesus yeah. drank wine. She's, Alcohol's she's not a problem. She's one extreme or the other. <laughs> Jesus drank beer, too. Everybody did because water wasn't safe. <laughs> so why is it a problem? If it was good enough for the Lord, it's good enough for me. She's like, did you take the Lord's name in vain? And he's like, Christ, Christ, Christ. <laughs> and they have talked about... Um, Truvy and Clary, I think, talked about how he's having a hard time dealing with the... It would be easier for him if it were another man, but having the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost <laughs> is too much. <laughs> so their relationship is a little tense right now. Um, Truvy talks to Spud about the surgery, or tries to, and uh, and she's like, well, at least the Edentons know how much they mean to one another. Maybe I'm just jealous. And he's like, can you pass me that socket wrench? Because <laughs> he's working on a car. And then the night before the surgery, the Edentons play cards, and they, the brothers keep making transplant jokes, and, and Drum gets upset, and he's not going to sit here and listen to this. So then they're like, maybe we should watch a movie, and one of her brothers pulls out a tape and says, how about A Tale of Two Kidneys? Oh. And Drum is like, I have had enough of you guys. <laughs> it's not funny, and... Uh, and then we cut to the next day. And Nell's freaking out because she's running late. And she's not going to be able to drop the red beans and rice off in time to make it to church on time. And Truvy's like, how about this? Get in my car. I'll take you to, do- to drop the food off. And you're going to come to my church. Which, and Nell's like, I don't know about your church. And she's like, God doesn't care what church you go to. <laughs> as long as you go. It turns out everybody else goes to this church. Um, Truvy and Clary sit together. Weeza shows up because Owen is singing in the choir. And they're like, you don't come to church. <laughs> and they want to know, what's up with Owen? And Clary's like, I can report that the florist ha- draw- stops by her house at least twice a week. And there's been a strange car in her driveway at least once a week. And she's like, he knows I like fresh flowers and I'm having an affair with the Mercedes. <laughs> She doesn't want to tell him. But afterward, they're like, really, what's going on with you and Owen? And she's like, we are just friends. He wants to be more than friends, and I'm dealing with that. But I don't want that right now. And uh, But she winks at him mm-hmm. when she comes on. You get the impression more will come yeah. at some point, whenever she's ready. Um, then everyone heads to the hospital to wait for news. And then when they get it, the doctor says it looks good. It looks real good. And then we cut to Halloween times. <laughs> Anel is getting married. And the girls give her a surprise wedding shower where they have put on masks and it's a Halloween theme and they're very excited about it. And Weeza gives her lingerie, including crotchless paintings. <laughs> Which I have always felt looked extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, they're holding on like... <laughs> And she said, I thought Sammy wouldn't mind you reading the Bible in bed if you were wearing these. If you were wearing something inspirational. <laughs> Which is funny. And a thoughtful gift. I think it just fine. Yeah. yeah. Thoughtful gift. Thoughtful gift. You Shall wear I? a lot of crotchless panties? Not as much as I used to. <laughs> Don't 
don't even want to picture that in my head. My John, younger, almost did my younger days. John almost did a spit oh, take. He was just so light. Like, oh. not as much as I used to. Shelby couldn't make it because she's on duty. Um, and then we cut to her leaving work and getting. she's going to go home and get Jackson ready for trick-or-treating. Or Jack Jr., not Jackson. Um, she seems all right, but then she starts to look like maybe... Like a little dizzy or something. Yeah. And she goes home... And then we cut back to the beauty parlor where Clary is talking about how she wants them to be exposed to more culture. She's decided she's going to support the arts locally. She wants Weeza to take a trip to New York with her so they can go to plays. And Weeza is like, I don't watch plays. I don't watch movies. I don't read books. <laughs> like, if I want to support their arts, I'll just write a check. Yeah, I don't need to see the arts. I'll, I support it. I'll I can nap check. at home. <laughs> And then we cut back to Shelby gets Jack in his costume and she goes to pick him up so she can... I thought she said, let's go make some spaghetti, but I think she had to have already started it by this point. Yeah. Because when Jackson, her husband, comes home from work, there's all these pots on the stove. Well, maybe she had started the water but not put the spaghetti in because maybe Jack Jr. likes to dump the spaghetti in the water. Maybe. Um, But she picks uh, him up and she can't. So then she, like, crawls and she's like, let's go call daddy. And then her husband arrives home, and the baby is a screaming. And the fridge is open. The baby, by the way, good actor. Baby is pointing <laughs> at Jordan Roberts' corpse or whatever. She's unconscious the whole time. And he's like, where is she? Where is he? He's like, motherfucker, is right there. And I was like, damn, that baby's pretty good. And, uh, I don't know how they got it to do that. Yeah, <laughs> it was just she's unconscious on the They probably made the, the kids stay there and put the mother. The mother was right where Julia Roberts was. <laughs> Maybe. And she was pointing, I want to go to mommy. That's I want to go to mommy. That's probably exactly how they did it. But I was just like, holy shit, this kid's just pointing right at her. So it turns out she is in a coma and she's on life support. Mm. And we see that Malin arrives and never leaves. Because and, and her body's rejecting the kidney. Well, because Malin wants her kidney back. Well, if she doesn't want it, give it back to me. That's not true. But she's in a coma because her body has rejected the kidney. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) Because Tony goes, I don't want to be that guy, but if we're going to take her off life support, can I get my kidney back? (laughs) I mean, I don't want to go the rest of my life, especially into my older years, with one kidney. I mean, if you're not going to use it. Because if one kidney goes down, it's dialysis time. And mm-hmm. that's when I'd, you know, I'd rather die than be on dialysis. I've known oh. a few people on it, and it's terrible. Oh, man. It's really rough to go. Oh. Maybe I'm the asshole. So <laughs> get, that, get that kidney back. I mean, I'll, I'll cut it open. She's going to feel it. Oh, man. So Malin never tape. leaves. A little duct tape, and you're yeah. good to go. She shows Staples. her pictures and tells her stories and does exercises with her and... Uh, reads to her, and her husband's like, you should go home. And she's like, what if she wakes up for two minutes and I'm not here? And yeah, she sucks. won't leave. And then we see them taking her off life support. Mm. And everyone leaves except Malin, who stays there um, until she's gone. And probably for a little while after, yeah. saying her goodbyes, holding her hand. And uh, and her husband is not there. Which is, well, I called, he was there, but he didn't stay. Once they yeah. unplugged her, he said his goodbyes and he left the room. Yeah, I call bullshit. There's no way that the mother's going to stay there and the husband's like, no, nah, I'm good, see you. <laughs> Man, maybe he couldn't handle it. I don't know. Well, no. she talks about that at the funeral. Everybody left the room. And they always talk about how men are so strong, but they couldn't handle it. They left the room, and I'm the only one that sat there with her the whole time. Because I didn't want her to be alone while she was passing. Um, and then we cut to the funeral. And Spud 
is going to go. <laughs> and we have learned that now he's working on an offshore oil rig. So he isn't doing construction anymore. He found a job. Maybe things are starting to look up for him. And he's coming to the funeral. He feels really bad for the family and especially for Jackson because he doesn't know how he would go on if something like that happened to him. So things are starting to look up for Truvy, I guess, in her relationship with her husband. And she knows that he loves her. And then uh, we cut to after the funeral where the ladies join Malin where she's still standing by the casket. And she keeps telling everybody that she's all right. But then Malin talks about how they should be rejoicing because she's with the Lord now. And she's like, <laughs> not thrilled about yeah, hearing that. <laughs> like, that's not helping with her in this situation. And Anel's like, I know, I'm sorry to, I don't mean to upset you, but it's the only way I can make sense of stuff like this is to know that she couldn't do everything she wanted to do when she was here. And now she can be a guardian angel and... There's no more limitations on her body and all this stuff. It's very sweet. Like, Anel <laughs> says the wrong thing, but for the right reason, and she explains it, and it's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. She's just she's trying. <laughs> They're all trying. Now, what do you say to somebody? You yeah, you, you don't. Yeah. There's no. Say, you say, hey, did you get that kidney back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We can dig her up. Uh, and she's like, I know Shelby would want me to be okay. And I know that I'm really lucky to have been there for her whole life. And she was the most precious thing that ever happened to me. And and uh, then she starts to walk toward the car. And she's like, does somebody have a mirror? And when she looks at herself, she like stops. And she's like, she was right. It is a brown football helmet. And then she kind of loses it. Um <laughs> And she's like, I'm fine. And she starts, she's like, I'm fine. I could jog to Texas and back, but she can't. And she never could. And I want to know why. And I want to know how her child will ever know what she went through for him and how wonderful she was. And, uh, and she's like, I don't think I can take this. I was supposed to go first. And now she just wants to hit somebody until they feel as bad as she does. And Clary pushes Weeza. <laughs> And she says, hit her. this. <laughs> Here, hit her. Hit her. And they're all like, what? <laughs> Have you lost your mind? And she's like, half the town wants to hit her. <laughs> half the Chicopee County would give their eye teeth to take a whack at Weeza. <laughs> and then they all just start laughing, except for Weeza, who was pissed. <laughs> and she storms off. And they're like, don't leave, Weeza, don't leave. And, uh. She storms off, but they all laugh. The tension is broken. And then in the little reception afterward at the house, um, Clary apologizes to Weez, and she's like, look, I, it was just getting too serious, and I needed to do something. And then they make up. And Annelle tells Malin that she and Sammy have decided that they're going to name their baby after Shelby, since she's the reason that they met. And then at the end of the movie, we cut back to Easter again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I will tell you that this is two this is two years later <laughs> because the child actor for Jack Jr. There's one that plays the one year old Jack Jr. and one that plays three year old Jack Jr. So this is two years later. But she's already pregnant. And this is when she has the baby. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, but this is a year and a half after Shelby died. <laughs> but I'm. Well, they also yeah. say that Daryl Hannah's 18 when she's clearly 29. So yeah. either that let's not or, worry about yeah, those little stuff. It's weird. Let's just get the impression either that, that the or funeral. Anel has found out she's pregnant, and then this is when she's having the baby 
nine, eight months later. Well, she says she's nine months well, pregnant and goes into labor. So let's just she say doesn't, it's nine months. She said she says when we have a baby, we want to name it Shelby. But they only just got married. I thought she said um, if this baby's a girl. Mm. So I, I don't had know. the impression she was already. Let's pregnant. not worry about it. But anyway, it, it really um, it doesn't matter. Jack Jr. does the Easter egg hunt, um, and then Clary tells him a story about the this evil w- witch. <laughs> <laughs> And then Weezer comes up to him and is like, and sh- like does the boo around the tree and he starts crying and he slaps her in the face. He gets a whack of Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> Half of Chicopee County was like, damn. <laughs> and then Anel goes into labor and Sammy is the Easter Bunny and they have to, everybody rushes off too. And Spud's there too. And uh, Spud and Truvy take Anel in their truck. And then uh, Louie, their son, gets Sammy. Sammy on the back of his motorcycle. And the closing shot of this movie, which goes on way longer than you think it's going to be, <laughs> is a man with a multicolored mohawk with an Easter bunny on the back of his motorcycle following a truck through a town. This shot goes on a long time. Because <laughs> it was just fun to do. Yeah. And that's the end. The end of the Steel Magnolia. All right, so I'm just going to do the same order as earlier. What did you think, John? Oh, good. Yay. <laughs> so my favorite character is Truvy because Dolly. <laughs> I think that's going to be a rule. If she's in a movie, that's probably going to be my favorite because she takes over any scene At least until we in. do Rhinestone. Right. It's going to be sly. Right. At least oh, <laughs> wow, that'd be a hard choice. That would be a hard choice. Don't, don't you do that to me. That's a Sorry. Sophie's choice if I ever heard one. Don't you do that to me because she, she is just a fun actress and she looks like she's having a ball. Even going up against really good actresses, she holds her own. She's so little in this movie. Yeah. Like, she wears a lot of tight clothes, and you're like, wow, she's so, so trendy. At one point, she was standing next to Daryl Hannah. I was like, Daryl Hannah's a fucking giant. Yes. <laughs> Dolly is a little lady with a lot of personality. Yeah. She's always been very yeah. Usually tiny. she wears, like, big flowy blouses and stuff, like, even a 9 to 5. She's got, like, a lot on, and you're like, okay. But this, she's wearing such skinny stuff. She's like, wow, she's mm. really thin in this. All right, and my least favorite character... Um, I'm going to have to go with Weeza. Oh, I like Because her. she's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> she's just mean for no reason. Interesting. Is that your favorite character? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Continue. Uh, my favorite scene is the... Come on, everybody wants to take a whack of Weeza. After the funeral. After the funeral scene there with the, with the, the steel magnolias all get together. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite object is the can of Aquanet that Daryl Hannah uses right in the with beginning the, with, the face, with the face mask because my sister around the same time used to get like the industrial size cans and she would go through that stuff let me tell you but this was really so the accent was different but the hair was just as big <laughs> the hair was just as big we thought you might pick the tape no, nope. <laughs> I'm going to laugh on that. That's what I said. I said you said it was going to be a tape. I was like, is he the tape or maybe the Monopoly game? Because John loves him some Monopoly. So. I, yeah, but, but Aquanet, you know, yeah. it was a special place. Makes me think of my sister. <laughs> and my favorite line is, um, just give me the damn book. It's okay. Because <laughs> when Weeza was giving, um, was cutting up Viper, the groom's was cutting up the groom's cake and, and to get Viper. He says. Can we call a truce long enough to get a piece of cake? And she responds with... She cuts off the, the, the ass and hands it to him on a plate. And, he, and then he says, thanks, Weeza. Nothing like getting a little piece of ass. <laughs> oh, oh, man. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you, and I'm gonna yay this movie. Wow. Yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, because I would have been shocked if he may made it or nayed it. I would have threw a pencil at it. When his I face. picked it, he was like, ugh. <laughs> but it's a good movie, so I knew he was. It's it's, it's it's the OG chick flick, <laughs> and I want all chick flicks to take notice because if you're gonna have a story that centers around women, you don't have to do it at the expense of male characters, and this movie doesn't do that. While the male characters in this movie aren't exactly the you know they're not fucking brain surgeons but they don't, they're not overly fucking stupid and ridiculous so when you're gonna have a, a centric you know movie towards care. one gender right there's one <laughs> gender where you're focusing on it that's fine don't do it at the expense of the other and because this movie doesn't do that and it's it's, it's not a story for me but it's a good movie and I enjoy Dolly so we're gonna give her a yay because <laughs> my baby got big hair <laughs> and big boobs and big personality yeah she has a bright future <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, what do you think? Because island's in the street. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Favorite character is Truvy. Least favorite character is Anel. Ew. <laughs> favorite scene is the Halloween shower. Mm-hmm. Reminded me that I need to get some more crotchless panties. <laughs> uh, my favorite line is when Weezer and Drum are throwing shit back and forth at each other, and uh, Weezer gets really pissed, and she goes... She says something like, you know what, Drum? I'm at the end of my rope. And he goes, well, then you best tie a noose on the end of it and put it on your neck or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> slip it around your neck or something like that. That's pretty good. My favorite uh, tertiary object, it sucks because I'll post it on the, I'll post it on the, uh, our website on Facebook, but I took a picture of it. You can just okay. describe it for me. Use your words. It's hard to describe. But you're an... Uh, but I know you'll get this because okay. you're a big trouble in Little China. Oh, there you go. The hat. The, the hat, hat that Weezer wears. wears and also <laughs> one of the lightning masters in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Wears. Right. And that's uh, that's that. Uh, I won't give you the movie. It's, you know, a classic. <laughs> and yes. like I say, I might endured it a lot when I was growing up because of my mother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elaine. My favorite character is Weezer. <laughs> I love her. I love a crotchety old lady. I also love a crotchety old man. I love her. Just so you My might least... know, if I die first, that's going to be Elaine. <laughs> what do you mean, that's going to be Elaine? <laughs> Elaine is a crotchety, unpleasant person who is only nice to her I got like six people who I like, and the rest of them I'm real bitchy to. <laughs> My least favorite character is Malin. And I know she is the set for character and everybody's supposed to love her because she's such a good mom. But all I can think about when I see this movie is how she is going to make that little baby boy feel like he killed his mama for the rest (laughs) of his fucking life. Mm, Yeah. She's kind of overbearing. She's very overbearing. She always knows what's best. She's not supportive of her kid. And I get why. It's 100%. She's not wrong. <laughs> but, but all I can think about is poor Jack Jr. and Grandma mothering this kid to death and telling yeah. him how he killed his mom for how, the rest of his life. And how life. He, can't be, he can't do anything risky because his mom died for him, so he yeah. can't do anything. So uh, yeah. she's my least point. favorite. He wants to go fucking parasailing. Nope. <laughs> nope. Your mom died. My favorite line, I mean, I wrote that I wrote down a couple, but my favorite line is from Anel's uh, interview hairdo, mm-hmm. and she she says that Truvy's got hair all over, is trying to brush it off, and Truvy goes, "There's so much statue less electricity in this room. I pick up everything except boys and money." <laughs> Which that was my, that. that was my number two favorite. That was my number two. 
Um, my favorite scene is uh, before the funeral with Truvy and Spud, where he talks about how upset he would be if he was Jackson. Because this whole time, you see, you see how much Truvy loves him, but we never see him give her that back. Mm-hmm. And then we see the other side of it, that he has loved her this whole time, and he just finds so much empathy in a character that we didn't really even think about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about how Shelby's death is affecting Malin. It's not about how it's affecting Jackson, and he's probably wrecked, too. Which, I, it's just a quiet little scene, and I like it. My favorite tertiary object is from the wedding. The organist is wearing the greatest outfit of all time. I don't think so, because you kept like, saying, what is that? It's like pastel stained glass. It is a look. It's fantastic. Um, and I'm going to yay, because this is a really good movie, and I like it. Wow, Carly gonna get four yays unless she needs yeah. her movie again. All right, Carly, what you think? Um, my favorite character is Truvy, but it was a toss up for me between Truvy and Clary because I love her too. Clary is so great. It's so hard to pick a favorite character. No, it wasn't. Oh, well, it was for me. <laughs> it wasn't even close for me. It was between Truvy, Clary, and Weeza for me because Malin and Shelby were never on my list. But <laughs> the interactions between Clary and Weeza, oh, it's so good. <laughs> they have a good chemistry. Yeah, they do. My least favorite character, I'm with Tony with Anel. Um, my favorite scene is the morning of the, like the day of the surgery when they go to church and then um, they go to the hospital afterwards. Well, it's mostly the church part though, with picking up. Anel and making her go to their church and then they want to gossip the whole time and then <laughs> and get details from Louisa. My favorite line is at, in that scene when they say, you're playing hard to get and Clary says at her age she should be playing beat the clock. And then <laughs> my favorite tertiary object, I'm going to go with the cake. I wanted um, because okay. they talk to Aunt Fern is introduced to Weeza and they talk about how she can make anything except for snake because she doesn't have the counter space for that. And I wanted Weeza to commission a cake like <laughs> and have it be crazy <laughs> because she looked like she was intrigued by this and then it never came back. I wanted the cake to come back. I wanted it to be a Halloween cake. <laughs> or an ass cake after she left the locker room was inspired. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Um, and I will also yay this movie. Um, Megalashlong. Mm. I enjoy this movie. I was not day. sure that I would like it as much as I remembered liking it, but I did. Even knowing that it used to be a play, I still... Yeah, I don't care. I don't want to see the play. I'd see that play. No, I don't want to see the play. <laughs> I don't think it would ruin the think, movie for me, though. I don't think it's going to be very good. Much like books and movies, if I see the movie first, the book will not ruin it but for is me. Is Dolly going to be in the play? if I read the book for first, Probably. the movie's forever. Then I'm out. I don't know. You want to hear That's my second Dolly. favorite line? No. It's by Weeza. <laughs> and before the, um, when she comes. She wasn't even listening. The morning of the just... wedding when she comes to the hairdressers and she says, I have got to talk to Malin about your husband. He's a boil on the butt of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good line. Uh, this is actually from the movie. You can hear the people clapping and dancing. <laughs> Carly. All right, please find us on Facebook.com slash The Underappreciated Movie Podcast, on Twitter at Unmovie Podcast, on Instagram at Unmovie Podcast Dogs, or you can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And uh, join us yeah, next week on the podcast. For Elaine's pick, Audra, this is for you. 
Reign of Fire. Whoa! 192. 192s. <laughs> 192s? It's, it's a long time from now, okay? We got some, we've got some time to make up. 18 years in the past. Yep. But it's set in, in 2020. <laughs> and I'm like, why did you pick this? We have time left. If fucking dragons pop out, it's your fucking fault. I'm just saying, there's time for dragons. And we've been having one of them years. There's always time for dragons. No, there's not. <laughs> 